This podcast is presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place, www.caringplace.org. Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now, here are your hosts for Mission Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brummett. Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program. Brought to you by your Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. Collectively, we are known as the Caring Place. We are reaching out to the homeless and the hungry of South Florida by feeding them, caring for them, and really helping to change, transform lives uh, every day, 365 days of the year. I'm Marilyn Brummett. I am the wife of Reverend Ronald Brummett, which you hear so often open up this program uh, each Sunday. I'm the VP of Development at the Mission. And what does that really mean? That means that I am the friend raiser, the fundraiser. I'm the one that loves to talk to people, especially our giving partners. And you may be giving of time, talent, or treasure, or all three. Uh, whatever that you feel God has laid uh, in your journey uh, and that you're able to do at the time. Uh, if you can give money, financial contributions are most welcome um, at the mission. We love volunteers. We love people who are doing food drives. Now, today with me as a co-host <laughs> is Leanne Navarro, and she does so many of the interviews uh, on this program with community leaders, so she's no stranger to uh, the <laughs> show either. Leanne, it's great having you once again. So good to be here. Excited. <laughs> well, you know, there's um, we're in a campaign right now called Pack the Pantry. Maybe you can talk about that. Absolutely. So this is the time of the year that getting ready for Thanksgiving. So we ask our supporters to help us, whether coming to as a participant to our Thanksgiving event or conducting a drive, which is the Pack the Pantry, or making a donation. But the Pack the Pantry is all about non-perishable food items. We can use that throughout the year. We just do that campaign during this time of the year. So if you have anything in your house that is non-perishable food items that you can donate, that's what we're asking for. You can do it at your place of business. You can do it at your church at the school, uh, any place really. I mean, some people are excited to give back and they don't even know how. So this is a great way. It's a wonderful campaign and this is helping our centers. And we like to make it fun. Everything that we do, we like a little bit of fun, levity to it. Um, at, the t at the same time, it's serious business. But to make it fun, uh, we have the old-fashioned brown paper bags. I don't know. Now, some people listening, you know, millennials may never have seen a brown paper bag for grocery bags. But uh, these are the old-fashioned ones before the plastic. And uh, what's fun about them is, is they actually say pack the pantry. It says collect food for the homeless. And even if you don't use the bag to fill it, you can. Yes. Uh, but it's, it's, it's that reminder. You pass out the bag to your friends, to your neighbors 
neighbors, your co-workers, uh, any group that you have and say, will you take this bag and, and think fill about <laughs> filling it or maybe several yes. boxes, whatever it is. But mm-hmm. this is to remind you that we're in Pack the Pantry. And Leanne, the website they can go to to uh, find out more about this? For anything and everything is www.caringplace.org. And for the Pack the Pantry, you put slash pantry. And then that takes you right to the landing page where you fill out the information. And uh, you can even say how many bags that you want. And then we're going to get in contact with you. And we're going to send you the bags, bring you the bags. I mean, we uh, we have to send it by carrier pigeon. We, we, got, <laughs> we got some big pigeons. We'll make sure that they get it. <laughs> That's right. But uh, we want to make it fun. It is serious business. We'll be serving over 250000 thousand meals this fall between all of our campuses and so that is a lot of meals now talking about that and and i'm going to go in the direction still of thanksgiving and then we got to come back before we take a break Leanne, and talk about the gala that yes. we had <laughs> on saturday but before i go there um i know you need now thanksgiving day we're out on the street yes. both in broward and miami yes. we are serving thousands of homeless and hungry correct uh we need we call them participants and why why do we call them participants not necessarily just volunteers because we want our supporters to think this is our marathon we do we have four signature events through the entire year and this is i want to say this is one of the biggest ones Mm -hmm. and so the thanksgiving event is our marathon and we want our volunteers to see themselves as participants so right. everybody is going to have a fee right just like i've done many walkathons many you know runs right and this is the same concept but instead of running or walking you are serving our homeless and hungry community and so it's 25 dollars. we give you a very special t-shirt you're part of a team right so with it's different it's, colors so with different colors we have i think we have five different colors for this one and so it's a wonderful uh, idea to do with your teammates from work maybe with your schoolmates maybe with your family we have entire families mm-hmm. come and volunteer such a wonderful bonding experience you know, we have children there are seven eight this is an know, event that we make exemptions that we actually yes. welcome very young volunteers it's an amazing experience for them as well so we want you to register for thanksgiving you you know you can call us or you can go online again caringplace.org and you can click on anything that says volunteer and we will call you almost immediately and we'll give them the information but this is i have to say it one of the most popular events of the entire year so if you're going to register call us soon and and unfortunately even though we're serving thousands and we have hundreds of volunteers i know leanne by past experience you do have to almost turn down as many as you know that signed up that have signed up you kind of turn down but just because we don't have room to put them on that morning between 9 a.m and, and 1, 1 o'clock mm-hmm. so i mean we have to make sure that there is a job there is something viable that you are participating in so yes. what am i trying to say i'm saying urgency <laughs> you need to uh click on caringplace.org uh, very fast if you want to be part of this and this is part of our fundraising so not only are you serving but you are helping uh, to raise money for meals okay and so that $25 is going toward meals on that particular day and we're all also advocating 
that you at least find other friends and raise at least a hundred dollars or more now our stars last year raised eleven thousand dollars that was one family yes. that went to their family and friends nationwide yes. and they raised eleven thousand dollars so uh, right now those funds are needed uh you know here at the mission in our broward centers we do more than just serve food we're giving showers, uh, there's hygiene, there's clothing, and there's a program, and many will decide to come off the street on Thanksgiving Day. We know 60 to 80 men and women will be making decisions to come in off the street into a life-changing program. And eventually, when they graduate, because they're going back to school, you know, they're, they're getting their life back together again, they're empowered now to be the tax-paying uh, citizen and also empowered to have a good life and you come know. back as volunteers yes, and themselves come back as volunteers. many of our graduates come back as volunteers now we're going to run out of time but i want to talk really quickly oh my goodness on saturday <laughs> we had the gala we think of the century uh, for the mission <laughs> we had 250 people that attended unmasked the masquerade gala and it was all to raise funds for abused and hurting women and children. What a wonderful night. What a had. great event. Chris I mean, Carlton and Coconut Grove. Amazing. Everyone was so excited. I, I want to, you know, thank so much. Sponsors. The sponsors, the people that attended, the Master of Ceremonies, Rita Berrios, the keynote speaker, Georgia Bryce, the DJ Fund, the pianist, Clyde. Shelly uh, Keeler, who the, sang awesome, and she brought uh, also another entertainer, Janan. Janan. And we had a photo booth by King and Queen's photo booth. I, we had a shoe shine station. That was the first one for me. I mean, the event was just amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. And both our uh, volunteer groups, Cover Girls and Girlfriends for Girlfriends, yes. joined forces to make this thing possible and you know cover girls they help the women while they're here in the program and girlfriends help the women after they've graduated and i'll be interviewing state farm jose soto our wonderful friend and michelle belazar will also uh, she's sitting right here ready to, to talk you know it's so wonderful state farm has done so much over the years to help the community please don't miss that interview uh, we'll be back in just a moment with more Mission Possible. Leanne Navarro here, the Community Development Associate for the Miami Center. Excited to have with us in the studio today, Mike uh, from First Priority, the Miami-Dade Director. Welcome, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me today. I'm so happy. I mean, I don't think that we have ever met before. And just talking off the air, I'm already in love with what you do and your organization. So tell us a little bit more about First Priority. Yes. Yeah, so in First Priority, uh, we actually do what most people think is impossible. Yes. And, and a lot of people say, oh, no, you can't have God in schools. And so what we have is we actually have a legal strategy. Uh, that allows uh, us to support and resource Christian students so they can actually share the gospel on their public school campuses. 
Oh, and wow. So, yes. Yeah. So most were <laughs> like, what? What is that? And, and we do it pretty effectively. Here in uh, Miami-Dade County, where I'm the director, we actually have 80 clubs in, in public schools. And we have across all of Southeast Florida, 235. So you have 80 clubs um, in, within the school system, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, obviously, I have to ask the obvious question. Uh, so the principal, the management of the school, everybody knows that this club exists. That's right. And that's the right. parents mm-hmm. and the teachers and everybody. So yeah. the students choose to be a part of that club, just that's like with correct. any other club, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so what do what do they do once once they're in they're in the club? What are the activities that you guys do? Yeah, so we basically have a strategy that actually um, provides them with things like pizza or donuts, depending on when the school is. We actually help them reach their friends. So what First Priority does is we focus on the gospel because a lot of our schools, I mean, we're talking about hundreds, if not thousands of students on these campuses, and there'll be a handful. 5, 10, 15 Christian students coming from all local churches in the area to basically reach their friends for Jesus, to give them that peace, that hope, and that love that they can only find uh, through uh, God, right? And a relationship with Him. And so basically what we do is we basically give them the legal strategy. We basically connect them to the principles and whatever things they may need, whatever legal things they may need, because there is a legal right for them to have the club. But there are some things to, you know, hoops to jump through and, and things right, like that. Right, but they want to make sure right. that they're doing it and they that everybody the knows. Right, right exactly. that the, the right way, exactly. Yes. And so not only do we help them with that, but we actually give them a strategy where every week they have kind of a topic to talk about. They have some things they can go over. And then when, once every month, if not twice a month, we actually send pizzas to the campus so they can actually invite their friends to the club. So they can invite anybody in the school to this pizza party or donut party. And what happens is they invite their friends, of course, for pizza. But in the process, they get to hear their friends share their testimony about how God has changed their life. And so what's happening is these people all over the school are getting to hear the peace, the hope, and the love, and the good news of the gospel on campuses all across South Florida. And of course, if, if the friends come over and, and realize that this is not for me for whatever the reason, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we know that there are many um, other affiliations, other, you know, religious entities. And sometimes, sure. you know, they have to follow what they already know. There's no no harm done, right? That's they just right. came for pizza. That's they right. have a good time with friends. Mm-hmm. I I that's wonderful. Yeah. Now, tell me about how do you do it? Is it only the students, or do you actually have volunteers that help you going to the schools? Yeah, the the Equal Access Act actually allows. It's been around since 1984. We've been doing this for 20 years, so we have a lot of experience in South Florida, specifically doing this in our schools in our uh, in, in uh, Southeast Florida. Uh, but what we do um, is we basically look go to the churches and we say, okay, do we have students that want to reach their friends for Jesus on a specific campus? We connect those students to the resources, get them hooked up, that kind of stuff. Then what we do is we have to find a teacher sponsor. That's another part of the Equal Access Act is you have to have students that lead, you have to have a teacher that will open the room and make sure that everything's following school board policies, things like that. Very important. Exactly. And there's a third component, which is actually the invited guest. And so students are allowed to invite guests in from outside the campus. And so what we do is we find local churches, ones that are nearby the school so that they can actually have a youth pastor, youth leader come to the school and basically coach those students, mentor those students, and whatever they need. Bring the resources, like the pizzas, the Bibles, the the, the uh, posters, whatever they need, they can bring that from off-campus, on-campus for those students. So those three components allow us to have a very successful club, and at the same time, as students invite their friends, and as students get connected to a local church, and we're connected to hundreds of local churches, so it's not like we're connected to just one 
one church. It is over 250 church partnerships. And the goal is, is when a student says, I want to follow Jesus, I want to connect, is that that's that friend that, that's a Christian on that campus invites them back to church. So the, the whole process starts in the local church, goes out to the public schools, and brings students back to the local church. And we're here as a part, as just a small part of the mission of the local church, which is to reach out in so many ways to, to tell students and to tell people about the gospel, to help the hurting, the homeless, the hungry, all those kind of things. So we, our goal, our, our calling is this one very specific thing is to reach students on public school campuses with the gospel. That's amazing because, of course, I mean, you said it at the beginning, it's almost like doing the impossible, what many people believe that that is impossible. I mean, I know how tricky the, the Day County public schools can be. That's why I have so many questions, and I know we only have 10 minutes to talk about. Uh, but tell me about first priority. How is it that our community that is listening to us right now, like our listeners, how can they get involved with first priority? Well, here, I know in Miami-Dade County, um, we have 80 out of 235 potential campuses. Uh, this year, specifically, uh, we have a goal of 90. So we want to be on 90 campuses by the, the beginning of school here. You mean 90 schools? 90 schools, 90 right. campuses, right. And so it's important to us um, to make sure we got to get all the components. We need to find local churches that love to get connected to a school. We need to find teachers that are excited about maybe sponsoring a first priority club because we need that. Um, and so those are kind of the big things. We need and of course we need people to support the ministry um, obviously as we continue to grow there's a financial cost to that and so supporting us by you know delivering those pizzas by paying for those pizzas by you know going doing the bibles the the other resources we use to make clubs really work well for these students and so there's all those components and so there's so many ways to be involved in first priority to be connected to help support the ministry even if it's by praying uh, and being involved in that way we need uh, all of that because thank, it thank is you something. for saying that sometimes Sometimes, you know, as, as someone, and I've heard it before, oh, I, you know, I don't have the money, I don't have the time, I don't, but praying, pr prayer goes a long, long way. We we know that very much here at the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. And talking about Broward, Absolutely. I know you're also in Broward. Mm -hmm. right? How many schools are you in Broward? So in Broward, we're actually in 94 schools. Wow. And there's about 110, a little bit less than that, actual schools you can be on. So in Broward, that's where we started 20 years ago. And so that basically, you know, is, is ground zero. And so we pretty much taken you know the advantage of this opportunity with the equal access law and we're mostly on every campus and we still have campuses to get on uh, in Broward right. um, but our biggest area of growth is in Miami we're only a third of the way but we also have a strategy that we know we can reach pretty much every school and so that's why we're doing that's why I'm here in Miami-Dade County you know now promoting it and talking about it now first priority how can we find you are you in Instagram are you in social media at all do you have a website it's all of the above. Uh, you can easily get uh, get to us by firstpriority.cc, which is our website. It's a little different, but firstpriority.cc. And then we also have you know Instagram. Uh, we have Facebook, and it's basically first priority um, S F L. Uh, which is South Florida, obviously. And so you can do all of those things. Um, you'll find us. There's a lot of stuff out there about first priority uh, when it comes to South Florida. So you heard Mike. I mean, I'm going to start following you right away because I like to be, uh, you know, informed about the different activities and efforts that you're doing. Also, if you were driving, if you're busy, if you couldn't write down this information and you still want to get in touch with Mike from First Priority and see how you two can get involved uh, with them to help them in their mission to reach more schools um, in this wonderful thing. I mean, I'm going to call it 
the impossible just because you said it at the beginning and I love it it sticks with me I mean something that many people may think that is impossible this is something that you're doing um, so if you want to help him first priority if you want to help them in both Miami and in Broward mm-hmm. right yeah. and uh, the idea is that you're looking for local churches you're looking for teachers you're looking for schools and ultimately the students that would be happy to carry on the mission students are the key Th- that's right because they're the ones in the uh, in the trenches that's I would exactly say right. yes. <laughs> they're the ones in the school uh, but what a beautiful thing uh, to spread the message of love and, and peace and hope like you said before we are so thankful that you came Mike uh, again Mike from First Priority. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Once again, we're here to interview people who are making a difference in the community. I have with me Jose Soto from State Farm, and he is the person that really makes State Farm that true neighbor because you are the community liaison that just goes out throughout the state of Florida and help State Farm agents to come together and do all kinds of things for the community. And you have a guest with us today. Yes, uh, we brought today one of our local State Farm agents, Michelle Belazar, uh, and she's here to talk about a very important topic for all of us, and it's about life insurance. Hi, Jose. Thanks for inviting me uh, to speak on this very important topic of life insurance, um, the foundation of any financial planning. Yeah, I believe that. Now, you know, my past life is a certified financial planner, and I do keep up my credentials, even though here at the Mission, you know, I don't do that type of planning. But, Michelle, I believe in this kind of stuff. And uh, life insurance can be for the living as well as a beneficiary uh, to those that have passed on and they're leaving something. So you might want to address those two things. Well, life insurance, like you say, can be used both for death benefit and it can be used for living benefits as well. You can borrow against your life insurance policy depending on the type of policy that you have for uh, different life changes, for weddings or for childbirth or for education, you know, things that you might need during your lifetime. And as well, there's still money there for your death benefit in case they have to take care of. uh, And as you said off air, you don't have to go through a credit check. It's not going to hurt your credit because it's uh, it's all done within the policy. And basically nobody else knows about you borrowing that. That's right. It's between you and the insurance company. You and the insurance company. It's your own money. So there's no credit check. There's no denying you based on credit because it is your own money that you're borrowing. Of course, you have to pay it back. Mm -hmm. But the uh, rates are um, fair. They're fair rates. Oh, it's very fair. Yeah. I mean, uh, compared to, you know, borrowing that on a credit card, there's no, there is no comparison. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so right. you want to pay it back to make sure that the funds are there next time that you might need it. Right. Right. Yeah, insurance is also extremely affordable, too, depending on the kind of policy you get. And it's, I mean, you, you can get policies, you, you pay $25 a month, $50 a month, whatever the amount you can afford, uh, your local agent can work with you on trying to set up a policy to meet those those particular needs that you have. Uh, and, you know, like Michelle was saying, is you, know, you, you would use it for different things. Uh, I mean, I myself personally use my life insurance policy to help with pay for my daughter's college education. I was able to get some of the cash value out of there to be able to do that. So, you know, what's amazing, uh, you know, a lot of folks feel like they need life insurance. There was a study recently done by Life Happens, an organization, national organization. There's 66% of adults feel like they need life insurance, but only 59% actually have it. Mm. So there's folks out there, they know they need it. 
but they're not taking it for whatever different reason. You well, know? I know they can go to um, many state farm agents and they can learn more about it. And since we have Michelle here, Michelle, you have uh, your agency in Miami-Dade at 8600 Northeast 2nd Avenue. You're not far from the Miami campus. No, You're just not up the street there. That's it. Only 15-minute drive. Wow. So it's not far at all. Well, I know that you're a good teacher and that you can teach people, sit down with them, explain it to them so they can understand. And, you know, there are different types of policies. There's the term, there's the whole life. So depending on what you can afford and what you need it for in long term and the situation that you're at, um, you know, you do need to sit down with an agent and talk about it and see what's best for you. That's right. The important thing is that you're not afraid because uh, a lot of people are afraid of life insurance. Yeah. There's nothing to be afraid of. You come in, you talk to I think because they agent. think of it as death insurance and they don't right. think of it as life insurance. Mm -hmm. and, and the thing is, the way I look at it, is the benefit on both sides of the fence. That's right. And we like to remind people that you are your most important asset. So yes. you, you, know, you need your auto insurance and you need your homeowner's insurance, but don't forget your life insurance. Well, thank you, uh, Jose, for all the things that State Farm does. We appreciate all the drives that you do, hygiene, backpacks. There's just so many things, a plethora of things that you help us during the year. You helped us even in our education center here at the Mission. So we love State Farm. I am a State Farm uh, client as well, so I can really say that I love State Farm. So thank you once again for being with us on this program. Thank you. Thank you so well, much. Once again, we're at that part of the program where we get to talk to someone who is going through life change. I'm Marilyn Brummett, and I have with me Carlos. And Carlos, I'm so happy that you are here. You're sitting in front of me. You have a beautiful long sleeve uh, shirt on. You got a nice tie. Uh, you look like you could be representing um, any kind of company uh, in Miami Dade, but you have a story that you would like to tell and share and i think it will help someone who is listening today so carlos let's um go back in time and and tell me a little bit about your upbringing and uh how you functioned in life uh yes ma'am it's an honor to be here um i grew up in a um, very stable uh structured family uh i uh, was raised by my grandparents because my parents worked all the time just to keep us afloat and uh, throughout the, the years, I mean, we did pretty okay uh, until my teen years, and then I was introduced to alcohol, and uh, that kind of stuck. I never really got into any other kind of drugs or anything like that, but uh, that was always there. Now, would you say that you were a functioning alcoholic, or was it just a social thing? Uh, no, I was a functioning alcoholic. I was able to separate uh, the work from the alcohol, but it was like the day's end always ended up with mm -hmm. alcohol. Yeah, the day's end. I've heard so many stories like that. Now, you, you, have, you have a family. I mean, you got married. You had a business. Talk a little bit about that. Um, well, I got married early for most people. I was 23, and... Um, I had uh, twins, which I'm very grateful for, and uh, we opened up a business, my wife and I, and um, we did very well. Um, the dichotomy of the business changed. Uh, our clients kind of went different direction, 
So we found ourselves out of uh, work, both of us at the same time. Uh, we went through our savings pretty quickly and it, it got kind of rough uh, not being able to get another job that brought in the same amount of money. So um, when the money ran out, so did she, and uh, I fell into a very deep depression. I was very angry. Mm. I worked so many years. I was married 24 years, so mm. I was very angry about the whole situation. Um, it's it's hard to get back. Right, and then the alcohol now. was already there. It was already there. It was yeah. constant. You know, that was the the day of the, at the end of the day was alcohol. Now, did you actually find yourself homeless, or how did you actually come to the mission? I um, I found myself. Well, I went back to my uh, my father's house, which uh, was kind of tight in there, and uh, between that and the alcohol, and we just didn't get along very well. Mm-hmm. So he asked me to leave, and I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't have any money, so I ended up in the streets. And I was, um, it, it was a, a shock. Oh, that's tough. So um, I survived quite a bit of time, about two years. Wow. And uh, just odd jobs and helping out people. And, and, you know, I was able to stay in hotels, motels. Sometimes I stayed in hospitals. Um, that's where they Baker acted me and, uh, because I just gave up hope. Just. So how did you find out about the mission? And then we're going to take a break. The mission came to me about, uh, a young lady who came to me and saw me on the street and she said, do you want to get out of the streets? And, uh, she said, go to the mission. Uh, she says, there'll be a bus bus here at nine o'clock Monday morning. So. I did that, and I went in there, and right away I I could see that it was uh, a place to be. It was a safe shelter. Okay, Okay. I'm going to stop you right there, Carlos, because we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come right back to pick up that story. What happened to Carlos when he did come into the mission? And I think many that has listened to his story can feel some identification or know someone who's gone through that type of depression. We'll be back in just a moment with more of Carlos's story. Well, we're back with Carlos, and uh, he has told a little bit of his story. Now, you know, every story's different. You can't just put everybody into the same shoebox, you might say. Um, People ask me sometimes what causes homelessness, and I say, well, look at the leaves on the tree, and then say for every leaf is another story and a different story. Carlos, um, you had the structured life. You had the the life where you had the you know three two house, the the garage, the kids, um, paying for college, uh, you know business, all of that. Um, but you know even even with all of that, things can happen. And because you had suffered with that functional alcoholism all even during that time. Uh, when depression set in of saying all is lost, that was too easy to just fall into that. So we've come to that part of the story where, uh, as you said, like an angel came to you on the street and said, do you want off the street? You, were, you found yourself two years out uh, off and on on the streets. Um, I can't even imagine how you walked through those two years. But now you've walked into the mission. 
Let's pick up the story there and tell us what your experience was. Well, I walked into the mission and I met a gentleman. Um, he said that he could place me. Um, right away, I can see what seemed to be a lot of commotion was a very well oiled machine. It's a very structured. Everybody had a different level, and uh, I, I took to it. I mean, that's that's me. That's who I am, and. Uh, uh, I would mind getting into that business and helping them out, mm -hmm. you know, once I graduate, but mm. that's, you know, mm -hmm. to be seen. Um, but uh, no, it, it, right away I felt safe. I wasn't out on the street. I didn't have to sleep with one eye open. Um, it, it, it really helped me a lot. I've always been spiritual, but I never had like religious uh, structuring. Um, but I like it. It's um, an eye opener. Uh, it's really so much there for you to have. Um, they they help you do everything. So uh, all you got to do is just walk the the, the paces. And uh, so may may I say possibly that it's not so much as a religious uh, structure, but finding that God is is real and there's a relationship. Um, that you can have with him. Do you feel more like that? Yes, I'm starting to, to feel him more in me, in my life. Um, you know, I always prayed, you know, get me home safe. I was working late nights. And, um, but, you know, that's that's not real um, religious structure. That's, that's, that's not, that's no, not that's the just, personal relationship. No, that's like just hopeful wishing. Um, but... Uh, no, it's an eye-opener, uh, learning about the Bible and everything. Uh, that Everything that happens to everyone in life is already written there. So Yeah, know. there's a lot of good uh, stories about uh, people who have, well, you know, we can look at the, the uh, story of Moses or Abraham or any of the patriarchs and say, hey, they didn't start off so great either. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> They had some pretty rough starts, but uh, when God takes over, there is a change. Well, Carlos, um, it's amazing to to hear from someone like you to to say that you know you could have had it all, and then sometimes all, all that just seems to, it's like a rug just being uh, jerked from underneath you, and and uh, you, you, where do you fall? And I think as people listen. Many know that they might be one paycheck away from being homeless, or um, they're, they're on the brink. Uh, but we want people to know there is always hope, and there are different places that you can reach out to uh, for that help and hope. It's not always the Miami Rescue Mission. It might be somewhere else. But thank God for you, it was the Miami Rescue Mission. Yes, it was, and I'm honored to be there. Well, Carlos, thank you for sharing your story uh, with us today. God bless you. God bless you. Well, I hope you enjoyed the interview of Carlos. When I say enjoy, sometimes the stories are tough. Yes. You know, they, they, they're impactful. You know, you feel the hurt. You feel the pain. You don't enjoy the hurt. You don't enjoy the pain. What you enjoy is that something good has come out of all of that. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. you know, you've come out of the ashes and... Uh, something good now is happening so d don't misconstrue when i say i hope you enjoyed uh, that testimony i hope you enjoy that 
Something good can happen, even out of pain, hurt, discouragement, and so many that come to us, men and women. And uh, Leanne, you see more sometimes of the women than of the men that are coming from such, in that case, what, what are they coming out of? Absolutely. So most of the women that we help here at the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Reach Centers are victims of domestic violence and abuse, victims of homelessness on top of that, uh, because unfortunately they were not independent. Uh, They were dependent of someone who was abusing them. So they didn't have a choice but to run and run fast, right, and find a place that could help them. Um, I've seen throughout the many years that I've been with the mission people that are coming with nothing, pretty much. Nothing other than the hope of getting a better future. Sometimes not even close. Just, and just you, nothing. <laughs> you have a group called Cover Girls. That's one of the sponsors of the, of the gala. Yes. Um, along with Girlfriends for Girlfriends. What does Cover Girls do? Absolutely. So the Cover Girls, the focus of this wonderful women that are part of the Miami Rescue Mission volunteers is to actually mentor the women one-on-one while they are in our centers. They host activities for the children. They host events for them. I mean, one of our very famous ones is Winter in Wonderland, which we do for Christmas. And I know we do a big outreach. I don't want our listeners to get confused. We do an outreach for the community. on the for, for the for the uh, low-income families of our community but we also do a private event for the children and the moms that are residing in our yes. centers and that's what we call the and winter we make it very elegant very elegant i mean we go all out and we could just settle for just doing the community one but we know that as much love as we can pour into them the better. So definitely that's what we do. And then, of course, we have the Girlfriends for Girlfriends who do a little bit something different. And you're the, Well, their emphasis has always been in keeping that mom, that single lady empowered after they leave. So they really concentrate not only on um, not so much the career, but more of the safe and affordable housing. They help raise the funds for that. And also they go out and they meet those women. Now, okay, they've left the center. Yes. They're in their home. The mission helps them set up with, you know, furniture and things like that. But they come with a housewarming gift. And they'll call ahead of time. They'll say, what do you need, towels? Do you need kitchen uh, paraphernalia? Do you need a toaster? What is it that you would like? And they bring it new. Okay. Yes. So they do housewarming parties. Yes. And they collect the items. And they do. They make it fun. Every, everything here, I think we some way put a little bit of fun into yes. it, even though it's serious. Yes. Serious business. Uh, but when you're collecting these items and the things that are needed, you can make a fun, just like our Pack the Pantry Absolutely, also. absolutely. The Pack the Pantry is something that you want to, if you're thinking of an activity that is fun to do with your group at school, at work, at church, uh, collection of non-perishable food items. Uh, you mentioned before, and I love them too, the paper bags. They have all of the information uh, for the Pack the Pantry campaign, and it's fun. You give it to someone and you tell someone, hey, I'm helping the homeless and hungry of our community. Can you you feel this back for me and it's a paper bag like the ones that they still have at Publix and it's easy it's, it's an easy thing and the website is caringplace.org slash 
pantry and it'll take you right to that landing page and leanne or someone is going to get back to you right away and help you with that well thank you once again uh listeners for listening to mission possible the good news program we hope we've encouraged you uh get involved in some way in the community giving back if it's not with us with some other organization so leanne thank you for being a co-host today so marilyn brummett and leanne navarro is saying god bless you and we're praying for you keep praying for us God bless everyone who is listening to Mission Possible, the good news program. This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place, www.caringplace.org.